Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome into the Nick Bob podcast live from the AOI studios, a.k.a. my basement office. You know what's awesome? Calling games like Villanova at Creighton on Fox Sports 1. You know what isn't awesome? The chair I sat in for the entire game. It was not awesome. But you know what chair is awesome? The chair I'm currently sitting in right now. The Aaron chair from Herman Miller. Absolutely love it. Chair that the good folks at AOI hooked me up with. And this chair is fantastic. I can do two and a half hour pods with Bo Rude and feel great the entire time. I can watch film and get my game prep done for hours and hours and hours and feel comfortable the entire time. This chair is mastered with the latest research around the science of sitting, advancements in materials, manufacturing, and technology. If you're looking for some new office chairs for your business or just a new chair for yourself, you got to check out the Aeron from Herman Miller and check them out. AOI online. So AOI online, AOICorp.com, AOICorp.com, or give them a ring at 402-896-5520. That's 896-5520. Reminder, what am I going to remind you guys? I feel like I'm like a teacher with my class right now. Subscribe to the podcast. Just do it. All right. It's pretty simple. Just that little subscribe button, hit it and boom, you're subscribe. That way, anytime I drop a new pod, it is right there waiting for you on your phone. You're not going to miss any of the, the the content that I push out to you. It helps me out, and I appreciate it. Make sure you leave a five-star rating, leave a review as well, and I really, really appreciate it, man. All right, today's pod. I've been wanting to sit down with Jake Mielheisen and dive into Nebraska basketball, and we finally did. We had a really good chat about an hour or so on Husker Hoops. And that is coming up uh, in just a bit on this pod here. But before I bring on Jake, I want to give my quick take on Creighton's loss to Villanova. Uh, I was on the call on Fox Sports 1. Uh, Creighton falls to Villanova 64-59. And while based on recent history, that may not be surprising to a lot of people. But for to anyone who watched the game... It was. I'd have to imagine anybody that tuned in and watched the game or the 18,000 people that were at the CHI Health Center as they filed out and got their cars and drove home were thinking what I was thinking. And I found myself over and over last night and today saying, how the hell did Creighton lose that game? How'd they lose that game? Creighton was up 14 points in the first half. They were up 10 points with about eight minutes left in the game. Creighton's defense was rock solid all night. Villanova was having a really hard time scoring. Creighton was at home, sold out crowd. Creighton led for 34 and a half minutes in the game. And yet, Nova found a way to win that game. Unreal. That game's quite a gut punch. You're at home. You feel like you had the game and it slips away. Against Nova, nationally ranked, you know, you you feel like things are kind of 
trending up, all this stuff. All of a sudden, boom, you lose. And now you've lost two in a row. And, the, you know, that the Nova game, the Villanova game, it felt, it just felt a lot like last year, didn't it? Like, played good for 35 minutes. Creighton put themselves in position to win the game and just couldn't close it out. That was, that was kind of how last year, time and time again, went. Played really good for 35 minutes, totally in control, in position to win the game, couldn't seal the deal. It was a huge issue last season. And there was some PTSD from last year watching the final five, six, seven minutes of that game. There, it, it was. It, it's tough. Creighton, two straight tough games now against good teams. Lost them both at Butler and then Villanova at home. Now, glass half full for the situation. Creighton didn't, didn't play well offensively against Butler or against Villanova, but their defense gave them a chance to win the game which is good, right? To be honest with you, there, there might have been some games even last year and years past where based on how Creighton shot the ball, they would have been they would have gotten killed the last two games. And Creighton could have easily they should have beat Villanova and could have easily beaten Butler. But the other side of that coin is Creighton couldn't find a way to win either game. And Creighton's offense now for two straight games has struggled. It struggled. And after just a, a emphatic statement, fantastic win over Marquette to start conference play, all of a sudden, the offense has sputtered. The Jays' three guards have had a hard time. And I, I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if it was the length of Villanova last night. But those three guys, Zegarowski, Balak, and Tyshawn Alexander, have not had the same pop the last two games. They just haven't. Especially Tyshawn. Tyshawn was unbelievable defending Marcus Howard and scoring the basketball uh, against Marquette. And then that was as that's as quiet of a two game stretch as you'll you'll see from Tyshawn Alexander. And so when I, I sometimes I think it's always good to like. You know, you you sleep on it. Then the next day, you turn on the film. You you know, you get a you get a cup of coffee. You turn on the film and go. Okay, let me let's dive back into this thing. And when I turned on the film to to rewatch the game, I really really wanted to watch the final six seven minutes of the game because anyone that watched that game, it felt like Creighton was in control. And then in like a little two minute flash, all of a sudden Creighton was went from like up four to down three. And it was like, oh, what, what, what just happened? And, you know, watching it back, Creighton's offense just went, and went cold in the final seven minutes of the game. And it wasn't just one guy. Each guy had a, had a hand in, in it. Denzel Mahoney turned it over twice, got his shot blocked and missed a three. Damian Jefferson tried a dunk and missed it. Really wasn't even, I mean, he, he wasn't even close. Tyson Alexander missed a tough contested three from the top of the key. Marcus Zagorowski missed a mid-range jumper, missed a three in front of the Creighton bench, and missed a layup on the left side of the floor that he normally makes. And Mitch Ballack made a three. And that was it. That's, that's, that's it. So other than a Marcus Zagorowski layup with three seconds left that was kind of inconsequential, Creighton only made one shot, Ballack's three, in the final seven minutes of the game. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things like 
we can we can get into the weeds of talking about what happened and why and all that stuff. We and we can do that. I mean, I could turn on the film. I go through every possession. Be like, this is what they wanted. Actually, it was just Nova did this well, or they actually got what they wanted. Just missed. This was bad. You know, like we we can we can overanalyze psycho. We we can get in the weeds if you want to. But you know what? Sometimes basketball is a make or miss game. And I know, I know, people roll their eyes at that, but it is. In the final six, seven minutes, Creighton missed shots and Nova made theirs. Ball game. And in all reality, especially watching the game back like I did today, I didn't think either team's shot quality was all that much different than what it had been for the first 34 minutes of the game. I mean, let's be honest, that was a rock fight grinder where neither team was clicking offensively. I didn't think it was like all of a sudden down the stretch, Nova was getting just much better shots and Creighton all of a sudden couldn't get anything good. Nah, not really. I don't, I mean, Samuels hit a three, Sadiq Bay hit a three, and those guys had missed shots almost all night. If there was if there was a guy that was the difference, it was Colin Gillespie. Colin Gillespie was the one guy in the floor that elevated and took over the game. Villanova had a guy that elevated and Creighton didn't. So for me, I, I really didn't think the possessions were all that much worse than what had been transpiring from Creighton for the duration of the game. And, and that's with the understanding that both teams are having a really hard time offensively. It was just, it was a tough day both ways. I thought that was a game where it was like both teams had great defensive game plans and both teams executed those defensive game plans perfectly. Villanova's plan was to run Creighton off the three-point line, force Creighton to shoot twos, and sprint back in transition and make Creighton play in the half court, and then slow the the pace of the game with long offensive possessions. They did it perfectly. Creighton's plan was to play way off uh, Brandon Slater, Brian Antoine, uh, Jermaine Samuels, a couple of the guys play way off them, dare them to make shots, and they didn't. And, did, you know, and, and then fight guys like Gillespie Hart, and they did, like, they executed it perfect. So again, it's one of those things you you, you ask, uh, what happened, man? What happened? Well, one team stepped up and made shots in the final six, seven minutes of the game, and the other didn't. It's tough. You know, not all not all losses are created equal. And I, that one had to have stung a bit more to the Jays. Of all the sleepless nights that Greg McDermott gets during the season, I'd have to imagine last night had to have been a really tough night of sleep. I mean, if Creighton, the Jays were in the driver's seat, again, led for 34 and a half minutes at home, up 14 in the first half, up 10 with about eight minutes or so to go, let it slip, and Nova pulls it out. And yet, I mean, you had a chance to go to two and one in conference with a win over Nova. You're feeling good, and instead, you're now one and two with two losses in a row, and now you head to Cincinnati to take on Xavier. Tough. 
tough. So, so it's weird. On, on one hand, Creighton is doing a much better job defensively and with their grit and toughness to give themselves a chance to win games when their offense isn't clicking. But you got to get that offense clicking and you got to find a way to win these close games in conference play. I mean, that, we, we talk about all the time the, the depth of the Big East, where it's like really the difference between finishing 6th, 7th, and 8th and finishing 2nd, 3rd, or 4th is going to be really small. And you know what that, that really comes down to is just finding a way to close out these kinds of games. So, you know, Creighton's got to get get that offense clicking again. They got to find a win these close games. Because here's the thing. They're going to be a lot. I bet on Saturday at, at, at Xavier, that game's going to be close. Providence, when they come to that game's going to be close. You know, like you got to find a way to win some of these games that are, that are, that are, that are tight down the stretch in conference play. And the three, the, the three guards got to find their juice again. You know, you don't want to freak out. It's only been two games, but like the, those guys got to find they're got to find their pop and their juice again. Especially Marcus Zagorowski. You got, I mean, he's the MVP, heart and soul. Creighton can't win unless he's playing well. Period. And then you know the Denzel Mahoney thing is tough. He, you watch him play. He's clearly not comfortable and not in a great groove right now. Some of it is on him. And some of it is just the reality of a tough situation, joining a team mid-year when you haven't played in a year and a half. But to be honest with you, one of the reasons I was really, really, really excited about Denzel Mahoney was because of what he could give Creighton in a game like that Villanova game where the other team is long and athletic and physical and pressing out to the three-point line. And what you need is someone in particular late in the game who can just go drive and break a guy down, ISO, score, or get, or get fouled. And he couldn't get it going the other night. So it's frustrating. Mahoney's a much better shooter than he's showing from three, but he's just, he's got to find his flow. Basketball is a rhythm and confidence sport. When you got it, the game's easy. When you don't, the game's tough. And Mahoney is clearly trying to find his rhythm. And man, the Jays need him because that bench is thin, that rotation is shrinking. And, and they need what Mahoney theoretically on paper can provide. Big, strong, physical, versatile four-man that can score, make threes, drive, and get fouled. They need that bad. Bad. So, like I said the other day, it'll come for Denzel Mahoney, but it's tough because Creighton needs it to come ASAP. So there you go. Tough one. Tough, tough loss for the Jays. All right, let's shift and get to the uh, to my guest of the day. Jake Mielheisen is a guy that I've known since, gosh, probably second or third grade. So we grew up pretty much down the street from each other. We played high school basketball together. Jake is uh, is two years older than me. 
for a lot of you, you you know that Jake Muehlheisen was a four-year starter and captain uh, point guard for the Nebraska basketball team. Uh, am I biased? Yes, but really underrated player, man. Really under six four, long, great finisher at the rim. And he, you guys realize Jake Muehlheisen was Nebraska's defensive stopper for four years. So when Kirk Heinrich came to town or Kareem Rush came to town or Andre Emmett, or it, like, it was Mule that was guarding him. It was Muehlheisen, which is pretty amazing. And so after Jake's playing career at Nebraska, he was a graduate assistant coach at Creighton for Dana Altman and actually coached me for one season my junior year. So pretty cool. Jake's a super smart guy. He, uh, he got his master's at Creighton, got into the banking world. He works for Union Bank now where he has been on the rise there. Uh and Jake is married. He's got two daughters who are just adorable, great kids. And Jake Mulizen is now the, the radio analyst for Nebraska basketball. So being that he's my friend, he's my boy, and the fact that he's a radio analyst for Nebraska basketball and the fact that he's a former player for Nebraska, he's the perfect guy to sit down, pick his brain, and what he's seeing this year from Husker Hoops. We recorded this on a Wednesday morning, the morning after Nebraska upset Iowa at home. So we naturally recap that game, and then we kind of get into the team, go guy by guy, what we're seeing from personnel, what we've seen from the season so far, what we're kind of projecting moving forward, and and then also obviously talk a little bit about Fred Hoiberg as well. So this, this was a, a great conversation here. Here's one of my best friends on earth, former Nebraska basketball point guard, Jake Muehlheiser. Well, he's a man that I have known. He's Jake Muehlheiser, and he has made it into the pod. You have been commenting on it. I don't look. So you like this room. It feels like I'm like, wow, Nick, a little full of yourself in your basketball career. I have one, two, three, four, five. If you want to include that, six like posters of myself. And seven. And seven. Nick Bob Bowen. And if you want to include that down there, there's eight. Yeah. I mean that's I love it. You you're okay with this? I'm jealous of it. I don't have I don't have a room like this in my house. <laughs> I'm not allowed to have a room like this in Brennan my house. Allow well, it. No, I just don't have any stuff. You know, <laughs> you told me all your jerseys are just hanging on hangers in your closet. Legit in my store in our guest room closet. Yeah. I have got, I don't know, seven jerseys <laughs> hanging there. Right. And they're they're ginormous. They're the wide shoulder ones. You, those those and no, I go, how did those ever get to be cool? <laughs> I forgot you guys had oh, yeah. the super duper. Those are horrible. And looks. I wanted to put one on, but I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to let them hang there. Yeah. I'm good. That's tough. That is. <laughs> and see, you don't. And then, like, luckily, Creighton put, like, this was this little contraption here is like framed and all that. Like, imagine having to do this on your own. Like, where? what would you even do? Where would you even go? Already too much work. Ask your mom or your wife. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Like, ask hey, a woman. Can you hang this for me and, and put it in a frame? Because <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what to do. Speaking of uh, your, I was thinking about because Tua broke his hip. Yep. You broke your hip. I don't ever hear you like. Does it bother you still? I mean, you would think like a broken hip would be something that like lingers and hurts all the time. It does when I hit two fifty. <laughs> it started to hurt, <laughs> but. When, I, when I'm wearing dress shoes all day long, it hurts. It'll hurt, but I but I've lost 20 pounds, thank goodness, and yeah. it stopped hurting. So, so you can feel it. Like, yes, it's I, all weight. If I'm in dress shoes for a long period of time, let's say like like yesterday, I yeah. wore my dress shoes to work and I went right to the game. To the game, right. So I'm in my dress shoes from you know 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. Right. 
Had so I not been, lost weight, it would have been it, it would have bothered me a lot more than what it did last night. I, so it's not any like if you like if you work out or anything. There's no none. That's kind of amazing. Just man. just if I'm on like a hard sole dress shoe. Really, that's it. Did they like at the prognosis at the time? Did they say that's how? Like, hey, you'll be okay. They said probably I'll have to have it replaced in my forties. So that'll be dude. Can't believe in a, like, few, in a few years. <laughs> So, it'll, I'm guessing like 10 years, I'll probably have to get it replaced. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. But by then, they're going to have some fancy technology. It'll just yeah. swap it out and call it a day. Oh, my God. Can you believe we're almost 40? We're old. I mean, what happened? We're Do you ever old. want to go up and talk to the guys, like Cam Mack and those guys, and just be like, dude, I know you think you're going to be young forever, and I know you think, like, just, you better cherish this, and it goes fast. Yeah. And and, and what I what I, I want to tell them they don't realize how good of meals they get. Yeah. And I'm like, and all they want to do is eat chicken nuggets, right? And I go, <laughs> I go, I want to go, hey guys, you have the best meals right. on the planet. You go to the training table, then you go right. on road trips and I see what they get now. And I'm like, yeah. I know. This is fantastic. Now you, and they don't need it. Yeah, they want, I mean, they would have liked, they would have enjoyed being with Dana Altman on road trips. Yes. Because you ate fast food. When we'd go to McDonald's and go- get 60 <laughs> McMuffin with egg. <laughs> you get it. Or a Golden Corral. <laughs> I was so yeah. Coach Altman was like Arby's, Wendy's, Egg McMuffins from oh, McDonald's, yeah. and Golden Corral. Yeah, and like you—that is not an exaggeration. No, like legit. We'd go like the best one was Springfield, Missouri. We <laughs> yeah. go to Missouri State, and he's like, "We got it." We're, I can't remember if it was Golden Corral or USA Steak Buffet or whatever. Yeah, one whatever, of those whatever, deals. Whatever. And I'm like, "We're really gonna go here?" <laughs> yep, we did. He would always. So the first road trip I ever went on, Coach Altman was like, "So fellas, you know, we'll we'll get in, we'll practice, and we'll go get a steak." And I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah, we're going to go get a steak." We fucking roll up to a Golden Corral. And the other thing with to bash on Coach Altman here for a second, what was up with the fact that back in the day we we would rent like three Dodge minivans? Yeah, that's what that's what we did. We we we'd reserve three, you know. (laughs) 15 passenger vans, one for all the bags, and right. somebody would drive that one. Normally, I would drive another one, and I don't know if Gordy or like, yeah, whoever, we'd all pile into these vans, and it's like, we don't get a bus? The like, only time we got a bus was for the Valley Tournament. Right. So I felt like it was like, ooh, this is a big deal. Oh, we got yeah. a bus. I, I want one that, you got to remind me. Next time I talk to Coach Altman, I'm going to straight up ask him, like, I want you to tell me what, how much money was the athletic budget actually saving by not renting a bus and instead getting three vans because it had to be a money thing right had to be a money thing but remember though i mean you you ga'd there yeah you were the film guy yeah oh you the equipment guy (laughs) the travel guy i mean yeah you did it all yeah and the closet for the for the equipment room was i mean like the size of your bedroom closet yeah it was like you had to duck go in to go in there you're i've had to there'd be mornings where i would just pump up basketballs yeah for two hours straight. My, my first thing I did there, I, I, uh, D-Rock's like, here's the equipment closet. I, I go in there and it was so disorganized. I'm like, <laughs> I, li- I legit folded all the t-shirts yeah. and there's a big, t- I remember this big ginormous TV in there. I got at that out of there. Right. And that was my first like job. I organized the equipment. You'd be room. good at that though. It, it bothered me so but much. That is, yeah, but you, yeah, as a GA, you had to do like 10,000 different things. But the, the fact that we would like, you'd roll up to the games in like three straight, yeah. like a caravan of yeah. vans. But how did other teams in the Valley do? I don't remember. I got to assume they came on buses, right? I just, when I, when I got there, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to be rolling in vans. 
that is see and i was just like what is this what <laughs> going to steak buffets going, we're going to golden corral we're going to steak buffets this is just horrible uh by the way i mean once upon a time you and i were potentially going to be college basketball coaches we were trying to be do you ever regret it no i don't either i mean if I if I didn't start doing the radio for yeah, I, I would probably I would probably miss it more, right? Because I wouldn't be as as close and yeah. going to games and traveling is awesome, right? But I no, I don't at all. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I wonder if if we we truthfully weren't around the game at all, how, if we'd feel totally different about it. But I think about you get to see Coach Hoiberg or Tim Miles after a tough loss. Oh. Or I think about Greg McDermott's night of sleep last night. We're taping this on a, what is it, a Wednesday morning uh, after losing to Nova. And you're just like, man, I just don't. Yeah. Or I talked to a, or I went, I'd called a Xavier game this year. And I go back to, with TV guys get to go talk to the coaches sometimes for the game. And Travis Steele, the coach, was getting ready to coach a game. And he had his bags packed. And he was like, yeah, right after the game, I'm going straight to the airport. And I got to recruit for two days. And then get like, it's like, no. Nah. The dudes grind, and, yeah. and 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 you know people go, why do they get paid that much money? Well, you don't realize. I mean, you see all the 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 cool stuff, the right. games, you know, press conferences, all that fun stuff, but they don't realize the hours, oh, and, and the time and the, sh- and the time away from family, and the travel, and the stuff that these coaches do, right? And I know they get compensated well, but they deserve it, right? I mean, but no, I I I. I I don't. I don't regret my decision. No, and it's funny how the other thing that's unique that's not like this, you know, at, at whether you're coaching Nebraska or at Creighton. I was talking to Jay Wright at Shootaround, name drop, and he was he was talking about how he was like, I got the best job in the world because no one like people people care, but don't care enough to like really criticize. He's like, people are going to talk about point. the Eagles, the Phillies, the Sixers, yep, and like. He told a great story. He's like, when I first got the job, he goes, we upset UCLA. They were like 10th ranked in the country. And he goes, I turn on sports talk radio to be like, okay, they're going to give us some love. And all they did was talk about the Eagles. And then at a sports update, they're like, and oh, by the way, Villanova upset number 10 ranked UCLA. Let's go back to da, da, da. And that's, that's it. All, that was it. So, because I told him last time, I'm like, oh yeah, I was like, Creighton will have like a post-game call-in show and all that stuff. He's like, wow, that yeah. is, that's, that is one thing that is a little different, even at a, in a place like you wouldn't think Nebraska is a you know like fishbowl for basketball, but like Coach Mack, Tim Miles, Fred Hoiberg, those guys like are getting they're in the news cycle all the time, all the time. I mean, think about that. I mean, anytime they do anything, yeah, you get a recruit signed. You 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 know win a game, you lose a game, practice whatever it is, it's in the news. It yes. doesn't it doesn't matter what it is, no. positive, negative. It's it's there and it's headline. It's like <laughs> you know Fred Hoiberg had lunch at the venue. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I mean, it's, it's, it is. It's yes. crazy. It's nuts. And that's what it was interesting to think. Like, here's Jay Wright, who was just the AP coach of the decade. He's won two national titles. He's done, and it's like, he's like, oh man, yeah, we, you know, he's like, people come to the games and like, there's Villanova basketball fans. Yeah. But when you're in a market like Philadelphia, which makes sense, it's like, you know, are you going to talk about if you're in Philadelphia? So over the weekend, the Eagles lost to the Seahawks yep. and Nova lost to Marquette. What's going to get talked about more? Probably the Probably Eagles. Eagles going to get yeah. talked about yeah. a little bit more, but it's just totally different. It's crazy. And then with social media now, and when 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 you know the football team has recruits in, right? You know, it's like, hey, saw Scott Frost and, and Ryan held at you know Wilderness Ridge, and it's like everybody knows that there's a linebacker in town, or right? And it's like I know they know everything. I know it's crazy. Uh, so I mean, are we ready? Let's dive into this team. All right. 
So Nebraska Nebraska beats Iowa last night. Uh, what was it, 76-70? Yep. This team is tough to figure out. So I came home last night. I got home about midnight from calling the Creighton game. I watched the first half of the game, and then I was just like, you know, I got the, the uh, tired eyes. Oh, I was yeah. like, okay, hey, well, I woke up at like 6 o'clock this morning and watched the rest of the game. I, does it feel like a couple of things? There is an element of this team feels like they're a little front runner-ish, like where they, they need things to go well for them early, and when it goes bad, they have a hard time like stopping the bleeding. Yeah, They also got to make threes. But the thing that is just perplexing is the – once again, like the 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 discrepancy in the level of fight and energy defensively when pitted against other games, I don't I don't it's amazing. I guess how do you explain last night? Yeah, it's it's crazy because you look at I'm gonna compare last night and the Rutgers game, right? And we essentially got to the same lead, fifteen to nine in yeah. both games. So we got off to a good start in Rutgers, good start against Iowa, right? So you figured, well, we're gonna just keep playing well against right. Rutgers, but you know, they just decided to Throw it inside. Yep. We got we got undisciplined on defense. We went we gambled out front, and and, and you know this. You have to play one one defensively. You got to you got to defend your man. Yeah, on the ball, off the ball. Right, you're defending your man, and, and part of that is talking on the backside. Yeah, and we didn't do that against Rutgers, and they just pushed us around. Last night we're talking, we're guarding our man. We didn't we didn't allow dribble penetration. No, none. I mean. Uh, when I yeah, say everyone's none, wild. yeah, but for the most part we played straight totally. up, no dribble penetration. Right, and then we executed our game plan, and that was to double team Garza. Don't let them in the in the paint, and and let them let their their worst three point shooters shoot Take it. Shots. And that's what we did. But and I we just, played hard. What do you think it is though? Like what? Because the one thing that I've told people, and you're you're unique because you came in as a freshman and like. There are certain guys that don't need an example set for them. Like they know what playing hard is and what and what the level. Like you were one of those guys. Like you walked in, we're pretty much like the leader of the team and the starter right yeah. away. Yeah. But I would say ninety nine percent of guys need an example set for them, and I think that has been a problem for this team. Like they don't have someone that can set a standard every single day in terms of established veterans. Like for me, when I got to Kansas, I was like, I'm just going to do what ever Aaron Miles does. Like a, like a good example know, to follow. Whatever, however hard he yeah. does this drill, whatever he does on fighting through the screen, I'm going to try to like replicate that. They don't have that. Is that why it's maybe been like up and down a little bit? And, and just think about it. there's no there is no you know veteran leadership year over year other than yeah. Thor. I mean Thor and Deshaun. I mean they're, yeah. they're doing a fine job. And and but their leader, their vocal leader is Hanif Cheatham, a transfer. Right. So I think I think that like last night as an example. They throw Charlie Easley in the mix. He played 19 minutes, yeah. and Gervais Green played zero. So coaches decision not to do that, mm-hmm. and 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 he comes in, he dives on the ball a couple times, draws a charge, doing all the hustle plays, and yep. he sets that example. So you know that as a as a teammate, you watch him go play, and you go, oh man, the crowd really liked that, right. and and they know what they know what that is, and they can see it. Yeah, and that, it's not going to sh- show up on the stat sheet. No, but it's but, huge. But it that, really is. That's where, you know, and. Like, I always want to, like, we know the Easley family. Yeah. Uh, you're always supporting Lincoln boys and Absolutely. all that stuff. You know what I mean? But so I'm always like, I've, I've been in Charlie's corner for from the start of the yep. season. Yep. But the thing that, like, that you just pointed out is, like, coaches, whether they like it or not, they're always sending messages with what they're rewarding. Correct. And the ultimate reward is playing time. And the one thing that Charlie does, and I'm not at practice every day, but I have to Nor imagine. I. I bet I bet that dude plays harder than everybody at practice every day, is talking, is doing all those things, because it carries over into the game. And 
another way to kind of like set a standard is to like reward that with playing time. Mm -hmm. And is it too crazy of dots to connect that like arguably the three best games Nebraska's played this season, Purdue, Indiana, and Iowa. I don't want to make this like a a, a hate fest on Gervais Green because it's not like that, but like Gervais Green didn't play and Charlie Easley did play a lot. Yeah. I don't, I don't, like you said, I don't think it's that simple, Yeah, but it's, there's something to it where there has to be. And, and and I don't know what – you can't point a finger and say it's exactly that. And you can't yeah. point your finger at Gervais Green and blame him for when we played poorly. Right. But it's a it's it's just a mentality where these guys come in and they, they – instead of worrying about what they do individually, uh, you know, and trying to get theirs, they're like, okay, how can I make my team better? Right. And that's that's how I feel they went into the last night. And they go, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna sit off my man and I'm going to go double-team Garza and Creener, and they're not going to get any paint touches at all. I'm going to guard my guy straight up one-on-one and they're not going to get in the paint. Right. And take care of your own business, right? I think it just and I think it just snowballs from there. Yeah, it's just uh it's it's hard to figure out why certain games they literally like look like a different team defensively. And, and it's just and and you know this, there's one thing you can control. And that's yeah. effort and energy, hustle, all yeah. that stuff. And that's what they did at Indiana, played hard. Yeah. Purdue, same thing. They were they were more physical than a team that was you know, yeah, had two seven footers. Right. And then last night again, we were more physical. I mean, look at Ivan and, and Kevin Cross down low. They were more physical with, with Luca Garza, who could be a big 10 player of the year. Right. There was more physical with him. Are the, is the, because the one thing that is both, both teams that they've beaten now, Purdue and Iowa are kind of built similarly where like they get, they're big, they're trying to throw it inside yep. and they really pack the paint and the reality is the other team, like Purdue is six of 35 from three and Iowa is four of 33. Yeah. And so I guess I'm trying to figure out also like how sustainable, like, cause I'm like, man, they played hard, but they also were like giving up open threes. It's just like, a, I, I'm trying to figure out what like the blueprint is defensively. And I'm well, yeah, and Iowa missed some obviously, but yeah, they, and that's a and part another, of it. another big thing last night. Iowa wasn't without their freshman, yeah. uh, Frederick, who's mm-hmm. shooting 50% yeah. from three. He was in 23 or 46. But that's coming. a part of the deal. No, it you is. Know? Like, but I think that, that blueprint for Nebraska is they have to stay in front of their guys, first yeah. and foremost. Because when they gamble and give up penetration, we don't have anybody in the backside to block shots. Right. Zero. Right. So unless we're coming over to take a charge, it's an easy layup at the rim. Yeah. And and if you're causing help, then your whole defense breaks down and there's spacing and there's, there's wide open spots where guys can get open and make threes. Right. But if we're staying in front of our guy, nobody helps. So, and the and the whole floor is clogged up, right? And we have to we have to defend the paint because we're so undersized. That's what that's the thing. The other thing too with like when you get beat off the dribble, is you know someone's got to help, so that creates a rotation rebound. Yep. Like yeah. it also it also they're having a hard and tough hard enough time rebounding, but all of a sudden when Cam Mack has to rotate down to block out, yep. you know whoever, yeah. like that's going to be a hard deal. So I, I watching watching the game last night, I almost think if you're if you're Doc and and Hoiberg and those guys like. Do you maybe have to just say, like, we're almost going to be like a pack line, like pack it in, live with, if a team makes 15 threes, they make 15 threes, but what we can't do is get out of position and we have to stay clogging the lane to kind of protect our size? Probably. I mean, you're going like, to have to. And I think I think they want their their guards to pick their spots. I mean, because Deshaun Burke, Hanif Cheatham, Cam Mack, Charlie Izzy, those guys can defend. Yeah. They can get out and they can pressure the ball if they, if they need to. So I think they can pick their spots in that in that scenario just so long they're not getting beat off the dribble. Right. They're gonna have to play in the paint. You know, they're gonna have to pack it in somehow. And then they have to be, you know, team focused on rebounding. Right. I mean Yeah, because that's the other thing too. In the, in those other in the games, the, the Purdue game and the Iowa game, it was all five guys 
you know, chipping it, chipping the ball around. Everybody's everybody going, nobody's, nobody's, leaking, nobody's out. leaking out. And that's the thing that's also going to be interesting because sometimes it's hard when, when you're having a gang rebound and you're not pressuring defensively. Sometimes it's hard to establish tempo. Yeah. You know, sometimes it is. And I think, I think we'll mix it up a little bit. Yeah. With, I, I think what helps establish tempo, like last night, we're doubling everything in the post. Yeah. So you're kind of playing aggressive there right. and kind of getting the, the tempo moving. But we're going to play in the paint more than anything. Right. I, I think that's what we're going to have to do. And play, uh, like you know, personnel defense. Yeah. Where Like if a guy's a 30 percenter, you're like, you know yeah, what? Do, do a short close on him. Yeah. And if he shoots it and knocks it in, okay, we'll live with it. Right. Because that's what, what Creighton did against Villanova. That's what they're playing. They took like three or four guys for Villanova and said like, you know what? Fuck it. You you, you got to shoot. We're going to let you shoot eight threes. And if you make it, like like last night, Connor McCaffrey, he's yeah. shooting 29% coming in. Right. We did short closes on him. And, then, right. and you know and you what? Go, he, I think he was three or he maybe, maybe three or four. Yeah. And good for him. Right. And that's what you're going to live with. But you're right. Like, I always think, I, I've, I've kind of always been a guy that I, I like to trap the post sporadically because I do think it, like, I think it gets you flying. Yeah. It forces you to talk. It forces you to fly around. Yeah, and it gets your it gets kind of gets your motor going a and, little bit. And, and bigs don't like to be trapped. No. And now Gars is a pretty good passer out of the yeah. post, and he did a good job. But some there's some guys that just they turn the motor over. They'll have four or five turnovers. Right. So I think I, I like that, but I, you can't do it every single time from the same guy. Yes. And I think we did a good job last night too of that, where especially Toussaint, their point guard for Iowa. We, we doubled off him every time. But mm-hmm. there were some times it was coming right in front of him, sometimes coming from the backside. Yeah. So it was kind of coming from everywhere on Garza and Creener, so they, didn't, they had no idea where it was coming from. Right. And so I think I think you can kind of – I think there's some stuff of that that is sustainable. Yeah. You know, like I think you can be a team that traps the post, packs the paint, and that way you're always in the best rebounding position you can possibly be in. Yeah, and if a team gets hot, they get hot. And then you go, okay, well, we have, we have to change it up a little bit. Right. And we'll sprinkle some zone in too, but we're going to have to play, you know – in the paint, in the three-point line, we'll pressure sometimes. It depends on who, who it is. Like Deshaun Burke can go out and pressure, yeah. and he can stay in front. Right. And, but, and, and I know you've talked about this, too, where the guys, like last night, we did a much better job of anticipating what's coming. Yes. And that's so big. And you, uh, and you have you have guys out there that are talking, and they're, they just see what's coming, and they, they did a good scout on it, and, yeah. they, and, the, and they executed it. Because it was great. That, yeah, because that's the thing that uh, that, to me – this team, when they've been bad, where they're really bad, is off the ball awareness of actions that are coming or or what their guys they'll lose they'll lose sight yep. of man and ball. But again, like you turn on the Purdue film and you turn on the Iowa film, and you got dudes off the ball that are locked in, yeah. engaged, and talking. Yeah, and it's there's a direct correlation to it. Yeah, you know? and, and and then everybody's on the same page. Yeah, and we're, we're like in the Rutgers game, we weren't. No. You know, we lost guys, and we weren't we weren't communicating on the backside at all, and we weren't anticipating where that next pass is going to go. Right? Because we all know. I mean, if you're doubling the post, yeah, and it's going there's, there's opposite. Yeah, everybody, yeah, right. Everybody right. knows right. where the open guy is. Right. But for some reason, in the Rutgers game, we did, we were like, well, yeah, where's it? They go? just got lost. Yeah. But now they're like last night. The talking was dramatically different. Yes. And it's not and it's not rocket science. These guys need to do it. Yeah. And so I just think with the way this team's built, with their the, you know again we've talked about no size. They're not going to be very good shot blockers. Like I just think you'd you'd much if a team makes fifteen threes to beat you, that's much better than getting just gashed in the paint. Yeah, like what what Rutgers had what fifty four points in the paint. Like you you just can't can't do you it. have to sell out to that not happening. Yep, and maybe that's got to be kind of what things are moving forward. Do you? I mean, offensively, last night there wasn't anything necessarily that stood out to me as dramatically different in what 
they were doing offensively. Not a, not a ton, but I, I just think when you're when you're getting stops like we were last night, it's able. It just you just feel better offensively. Yeah. You just do. And and the sets and the things that that Hoiberg and, and their staff are doing and just getting guys in the right spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at you know Thor missed his first three of the game, first three threes of the game, and then he gets in the right spot, run a couple plays for him, drains two, and huge right. ones. Right. And then you get Cam Mack going downhill. He's making plays for guys, and it obviously helps when guys make shots. Sure. I mean, they went zone twice in the first half, and Hanif makes two threes. Mm-hmm. It's one way to get a, a team out of a zone. You yeah. make a couple threes. Right. But they were in the right spots, and they run the right stuff, and they and they didn't get. They didn't get in a hurry when they're taking those shots. So they just it wasn't anything crazy different. No. But just it's just a matter of, of of being in the right spot, knowing when the shot's coming to you, being ready and finishing. Do you think because uh, the other guy that didn't play very much was uh Kavas didn't play very much last night either. Yeah, and, and I think it was just a, a rotation deal where guys were playing well. Right. And he didn't really he he came in and I think he gave him off, offensive board to Creener one time and just got walked under the rim. Yeah. So I think it was okay, we're gonna pull him out. And guys were playing well enough uh, and had some some confidence going. Just leave him on the bench. He's a perplexing guy because I talked about this in my last mailbag. Like he is a he's a career forty four percent three yeah. point shooter that scored a thousand points. This isn't like he had one season where he made like this dude is. And you make it forty four percent. You're like that's legit. Really, really good shooter. And he is he's shooting like thirty percent from three. And it's not like he was playing like Division Five. He's no. playing D one, <laughs> right. you know, at Seattle. I know the whack is different than you know the big. But 10. nevertheless, but I think early on, it's kind of like in golf. Yeah. Early on in the season, if you if you can't make a putt, your whole summer's kind of just yeah, down cur- yeah, right, right. Well, he missed so many early. I think he just got between the ears, and now he just got to see some go through the rim, and, and he'll make some. I think he made four. Who was he made four against North Dakota. Yeah, and they were and they were huge. Yeah, and he just got to get in the rhythm, and and he's so excited when he gets the ball now, right. where he wants to prove that he can make it. He's not taking his time and just shooting the shot. He's he's like, I'm so excited, I'm open. I finally right. got a shot, and he just chucks it up. Right, and so he just it's he's a guy that to me I feel like is there's going to be a game this year where he hits like six yeah. six threes. Yeah, just it's it, it has to be coming. It, it will. It, it has to be coming. And and guys keep trying to find him. Right. And and he just has to he has to let the game come to him because right now when he comes in the game sometimes he's so excited to shoot one. Right. Like, he's he's like I made fifty in a row at practice and I'm so excited to shoot one in the game. He'll shoot a twenty five footer overhand. Right. Or or even like sometimes and I don't know if he's I didn't watch him a bunch at Seattle but he takes more shots of like like catch shot fake one dribble yeah. like contested three like that's a hard shot yeah instead of just shooting the first one so like, I, think I, he's, I think he's forcing it sometimes yeah it's like, okay i get why you are right because you're you're mad with yourself for not making you know more yeah, he's mad about up. shots that he missed a month ago yes it's and, like and, and it's like you just need to shoot your next shot and not rush it right you've you're a, you're a senior right just take your time let the game come to you and knock it down what uh I kind of want to just go through personnel, like just like let's go through each guy. Yeah. Kind of, I'm curious to get your take on what yeah. they've done. Can't let, we'll start with Cam Mack. Like, I mean, <laughs> he's a guy that plays with a lot of personality. Oh, he's got tons. a celebration after tons. every play, which is like I think the one thing I kind of like about Hoiberg is you there, there is an element of you got to let some of that. You got to let guys have whatever gets them rolling. Yep. Uh, Jake, that dude at times has like he he's. He's making reads and feels off ball screens that are like that you kind of can't teach. Not at all. I mean, you're right. He has his antics, but he makes some plays. You just look at you kind of look at each other. You go, "Whoa, did I see that right?" Yes. And it's, I mean, 
and you talk about you know our off ball defense starting the year to where it is now. You know, UC Riverside game. Oh, he was awful. awful. Yes, but he has worked at it. Mm-hmm. He's focused in on it. And he's come you know tenfold where he was at. And I love that. I mean, yeah. Obviously, he's good on the offensive end, but I like to see the defensive side too, where it's effort. Yeah. And he played thirty nine minutes last night. I think right. he sat for like thirty seconds. Yeah. But he had ten assists again. I mean, like that's not. He's what third, third, second or third in the in the Big Ten in yeah, assists. And, and and he could have had more. I mean, he had a couple that he dropped off to Ivan. Right. Ivan mishandled, and then he got a shot blocked. Right. That's the thing. I, I made this point on. I think doing the Texas A&M Corpus Christi game, like. I big Ivan shooting like 40% from the floor. Yeah. And he's like the role guy that Cam Max hitting a lot. Like I really think Cam Mack will be leading the Big Ten in assists if Ivan was shooting 50% from the floor. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, <laughs> and it, it's just but Cam Mack, and you know this, he's the guy that makes the team go. Right. And he's pushing the tempo, but he has some moves off the on ball screens. And I think teams are still trying to figure out how to guard him on an on ball screen because they tried trapping him. Right. And in the last handful of games, they tried to go under a few times, and he's knocked down some threes. Yeah, that's the thing that that I I think is huge. He's not a he, he's just you look at his shot. He's never going to be a great shooter. No, but he needs to be the kind of guy that you are you have to think twice about going under a bunch of screens. Absolutely, and and what I like about to do was he doesn't force anything. No, I mean he just he's always probing, trying to make plays for for himself, but then. He's finding yeah. guys. He made a he made a pass last night. I didn't even know how he saw Cheatham. And I'm like, how did you even see him? I don't know. And okay. I go, okay. And, and he's just that guy. That's why he has right. to play 35, 40 minutes a game. And they don't really – the thing that's interesting too is that Nebraska doesn't really have a true backup point guard. No. Like when he comes off the floor, it's like a hodgepodge of like sometimes Burke handles it, sometimes yep. Gervais handles yep. it, sometimes Cheatham handles yep. it. Kevin Cross is Kevin Cross will enter offense. Yeah. Like, so it's like not only is he – talented and important but like there isn't anyone behind him that can even replicate no. what he does and that's and, and he can't and, and when he's on the bench they just try to play a different different type of yeah. offense but you know you got, i love what 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 hoiberg and crew let him do right they don't try to make him do something that he's not they okay hey give him the ball and run a lot of on-ball action run some backside you know down or, or flare screens right to make plays he because you're right though he he, he doesn't he doesn't really – he doesn't force it too bad. No. For a guy that has a high usage rate and has the ball in his hands, like, he doesn't ever really have a – I mean, you can count on one hand the amount of times in the last hand, month where you're like, what was that? No, I mean, the only – the only I think the only one that I can think of was last night when in transition, when he got – I don't know if he had the defense rebound, but came and pulled that, that three-point shot yeah. in transition. But I don't think that was a horrible shot. But it just – I think he was just – the crowd was in yeah, it. And he yeah, was feeling got the crowd. amped up. But other than that, he doesn't go in and just chuck one up in the amongst the big guys. He knows his spots. The one thing I hope he ends up doing is he he recognizes that when you are the point guard uh, catalyst for the team that's got the ball in his hands the whole game, that he handles his business of being on time to things and doing all that other shit. Yeah, because that stuff matters too. Oh, hundred percent. But I think I think Coach Hoiberg set that 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 tone when he was late to the bus, uh, yeah, the Creighton game. Yeah, and he goes, "This is not happening." I right. think I think okay, that that sets the tone for the entire team. Is you're right. not, you're not holding you know one guy accountable and another guy not. You're holding your you're probably your MVP right. accountable. Right. And, and that's what you have to do. Yeah, and I think I think that he he'll learn. You know, coming from a JUCO, he's gonna learn that. So right. the coaching staff has done a good job of managing that. I think he's gonna just keep getting better and better. Big Ivan, uh, he's getting better. Oh, for sure. Like he's it's it's from game one till yep. now. He he's coming. He uh he he doesn't have a ton of offensive skill, 
Uh, but it, again, it is easy to forget that he's 17 years yep. old. He doesn't turn 18 until March. It's crazy. I mean, it's nuts. He's humongous. He's huge. So I, I was, I, I was kind of lukewarm on him initially. I'm like, I just don't know if like. I'm not sure I see what that like defining trait of like, boy, if that can increase, I don't know what it is, but he's starting to like, you've seen flashes of him yeah. improving and I was worried about him hitting that wall and really falling, but he's, he's getting better. He's, he's getting better offensively and defensively, just knowing, you know, how to push guys out, not getting yeah. buried because early on in some games, you know, the, the, the veteran post guys, they run in the post and they just bury him yeah. and Kevin underneath the rim because they weren't ready to play yet. Yeah. But now they're doing a really good job. And on the offensive end, last night I had a couple jump posts over Garza. I'm like, yeah, what? Those are nice. Yeah. But I think what will help him too, obviously being 17 and, and developing and maturing, but he hasn't worked in the weight room hardly at all growing up. Right. So you get him in the weight room, shed some of the, the, the baby fat, get, get, get toned up a little bit, make him more athletic. And he's got a decent jumper. I mean, he, he can knock down a 15 footer and then I think they can expand that as he, yeah. as he progresses. But I think he's been improving a ton. If all, I mean, if he can get to where he can finish on those roles yeah. and I don't know if it's strength or what it is, but if he can get to where he can catch finish on those roles, not, not, at a seventy percent clip, even like a fifty-five percent clip, it's a different story. I think he can't. I think he, I think sometimes when he catches the ball, like like you saw last night, where he gets the roll, he's just a slow, a step slow on right. getting it up. And I don't know what that is. If that's just if that's just getting in the weight room and getting more explosive, but you saw some guys block him from behind. It was I think one was McCaffrey and one was Wieskamp. I'm like, you can't have your big guy getting blocked from behind right. by a six-five right. dude. Yeah. Unless he's you know as extremely athletic, but I think he'll get keep getting better as that role guy. But that's why they played Kevin last night. Last night right. he got the big dunk just because yes. he's a little bit more explosive. Right. But that that'll be that to me. That's he's just it's just going to take time with him. Yeah. He's got to hang in there. Kevin Kevin Cross is like he he fits a lot of what Hoiberg likes. Versatile can handle it at that four or five spot. He can shoot it. How good of a shooter is he? I, I think he's better. Than what his percentage shows, just from what he makes. You just watching, you know, pregame and yeah. what, what he makes at, at that. But same thing, kind of with Kavas, where he's so excited to get in the game and he's not bashful. No, <laughs> I mean he no, comes he's in, gunning. He's, yeah, he's coming in. So sometimes he's got to let the game come to him as well. Instead of, I mean, he's going to have some opportunities to shoot the basketball. I mean, right. as an opposing team, you look at his percentage, you go, well, we're going to let Kevin shoot. Sure, he's got to take his time. And sometimes he just rushes his three point shots, but he's gonna he's another guy that's gotten a lot better from game one too, especially on the defensive end. Right. I mean, like last night he was battling Garza and Creener as well, and, and doing a nice job of fighting around and got a couple steals. And, and you know, with with him, like he is, he hasn't done as much lately, but like he can, if as long as it's kind of like within the framework of like the offense, he can like take guys off the dribble yep. and be under control. And that he's another guy that like, it just needs weight room and time. Cause like he gets to his spots, but sometimes he just doesn't have the strength or yeah. explosion to finish. And he, and he's not, and he doesn't, the, the, the physicality of the big 10 and those big guys that he's yeah. playing against, he's not, he's not used to going up against that. He gets a shot block. Sometimes right. he, he hasn't, he hasn't learned how to utilize a shot fake. He's not, he's not six ten. He's a little undersized, but he's gotten better off the dribble. And then like you said, he's another guy just like Ivan. He gets in the weight room and gets his diet right. Right. And, and same thing, lean up. I think he could be extremely athletic. And, I mean, he's, he fits that Hoiberg system, a stretch four that can do a, totally. a lot of different things. When, you know, Deshaun Burke, 
he's a guy that that is like kind of becoming one of my one of my favorite players on the team. Like when he is there's kind of you know you talk about Cam Max the guy, he's also sneaky like when when Nebraska plays well, he usually is playing well. Yeah. And what what do you think what do you think it is with him like when when he's making an impact and when he's not necessarily yeah. making an impact? He he when he takes good shots He's he can make an impact. Yeah, but he's he can he can hunt some shots too. He and might be he might be the if there's a clubhouse leader of like bad shot yeah. taker. He he might take the most bad shots. Yes, and 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 he made a couple of the bad shots last night. He did a yeah. couple step backs, but he made them. But when he's playing at a, at a pace where he's not rushing and getting to his spot, I mean he can be effective. But it was kind of interesting that like the Rutgers game, he was wide open a couple times and airballed a couple. Yeah. And you kind of look and you go, how does that happen? And then last night when he's in rhythm and ready to shoot, he knocks him down. I don't know. And I don't know. I can't point him and say, well, right. that was, that's why he missed those and that's why he made those. But when he's shot hunting and worried about getting his shots up, I think that's when he's at his worst. Right. But when he's just playing in the offense and go, okay, this dude's off me. I'm going to rise up and shoot it. He yes. can be. In, he can He's, be. And then the other thing, I, I think I text you also at one of the games in the Cayman Islands. He had a huge transition. Dunk. Oh, and then he last night, you, the, the home run over the top play. Yeah. He gets. I mean, this dude. This dude at times is like a. He's a. He's a Big Ten vertical athlete. A hundred percent. And like even last, like that, like that one last night when Till fouled him from behind. You're like, Holy and he shit. took the contact. Yes, and doesn't even just brushes it right. off. You go, and he's a skinny, wiry yep. six four yeah. or six three, whatever, yeah. and like. So he doesn't necessarily look like he's that explosive, but like he makes he's made a couple of plays that are like, whoa, it's, athletic. Yeah, and, and when he's getting in the paint, it's like, okay, that was pretty damn good. Right. And, and and he is when he wants to be and he's locked in, he is an awesome on ball defender. Yeah, he but is. he's a guy too in the Rutgers game as an example, he got out of position. Like we're playing good defense for thirty seconds or for twenty of the thirty, and then all of a sudden he gambles. Right. But when he's like just locked in and I, I'm going to play fundamental. My guy's not scoring and not worried about stealing. He is an unreal on-ball defender, too. The other guy, because Gervais Green is a little like that. Like, I actually think Gervais Green has good defensive on-ball potential. Yes, he does. But his problem is the same thing, and that's why it's hard to play him and Burke a lot together is they both, every once in a while, go brain-dead and gamble. Yeah, they just and just like on the backside, you watch them, and they go, you know, they throw a skip pass, and there's literally no chance to steal it, yeah, but they it, overrun it. And right. their guy goes right by him, and then it's then it's then it's four on three in the backside. It's what like, what what do you? I mean, with it's weird with Gervais Green. Like we said at the start, like he it's not necessarily like now if uh, the you know there's the leader in the clubhouse of bad shots. I'd have to say if there's a leader in the clubhouse of off ball defensive blunders, Gervais Green might be in the in the clubhouse leader for that. Yeah, and, and it's and it's not. And you don't want to. You're not faulting him for effort. No, because he's he's. I think he's playing hard. It just you got to play smart. Right, and I think he just, you know, he'll go for a steal and just get completely out of position, and then everybody scramble. Yeah, it's like, okay, we're in scramble mode. What do you do? But he's he's probably in the clubhouse for, just for like, <laughs> what what were you what doing? Was, what, like, why would you gamble there? And, and, like, why were, and not only gambling, but just kind of like we talked about earlier, not anticipating a screen coming, right. And just getting stuck, right. And you can't get stuck to a screen, and he sometimes that happens to him, and, and he, he's learning. But that's just a big jump, I think, coming from. You know, Scott's bluff right. to Big Ten. What do you think is going to happen now moving forward between the whole Gervais, Charlie? I mean, because to, that's an interesting, because it sounds like heading into the game, 
Hoiberg made a decision that I'm not playing. Like I think he even told Gervais before the game, like, "Hey, I'm not going to play it tonight. I'm playing Charlie." That's an that's a big decision to make, predetermined heading into a game. Yeah, that's what I read after the after the game that he told Gervais that. Yeah, and I, I don't. That's a good question. I think they're going to have to find a way to get him in the rotation just because. I think we played what seven guys. Yeah. We played we played eight if you include Mate's five minutes. So yeah. we played seven dudes last night. You can't go through the Big Ten playing seven guys. And I think I think as Gervais watches the rotation and sees how this team is playing and playing well and what it takes to win, hopefully he can insert himself and go. Okay, I see. I'm gonna worry. I'm gonna worry about my effort, playing smart, playing hard, and playing with my teammates. Yeah. Not not worried about my stats. I think that's sometimes, and we've all done it. And, and, and we're all guilty so I'm not, of it. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to bash him at all. But we, we've all been guilty about. Hey, I want to score twenty tonight. Yeah. Where sometimes you can impact a game scoring zero and playing really good defense and rebounding ten boards. Yeah. I just wor- the thing I worry about with him is like, I wonder if he's one of those players that like right now he can only impact a game scoring the ball. Yeah, that's what like he, I, that's what he thinks. Yeah. And that's where that's where you need to get that that focus off where you know. And we, I know we love Charlie, so we keep going to him. But Charlie doesn't care if he scores. No, he's happy to be in the game. Right. And that's what—that's kind of the mentality that Gervais needs to see. And and hopefully he saw that. I I did like, I I I did like Gervais on the bench though. I watched. He was it. into it. He was into it. Yeah. And I saw uh, Charlie came out one time and he put his arm around and was talking to him. I love that. So he, hopefully he's learning about he, that that whole agree. just being a teammate. I don't think even uh even when he was suspended and on the bench. He wasn't necessarily pouting and not into yeah. it. Like he doesn't I don't know the kid personally, but he doesn't seem like he's got a bad heart. No, I to don't me. No, I think he's a really good kid. I think like, he's, he's just learning a ton yeah. making that jump to Big Ten, Big Ten play. I uh I want to talk about Thor for a second because I, I can't you saw him more last year behind the scenes because yep. he didn't play a ton. I'm not like I didn't think much of Thor last year. Now he came in at the end of the season with the Johnny Trueblood experience late in the year that right. was sweet and was and was solid. But there was an element of that where like how 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 sustainable is this? Like what what are we looking at here? He has he has improved and taken steps as a shooter and a playmaker uh, and just being consistent. You can make a case he's. Arguably the most consistent guy on the team. Yeah, and and just look what the jump that he's made. I know he got a, a big opportunity late last year. Right? Yeah, I mean, let's think about this. We returned two points per game from last year. And <laughs> yeah, scored, which is nuts. Right, and so I, I don't, I can't remember what he shot uh, last year from a three three point percentage, but it wasn't good. No, but now he's shooting high forties. Right, and that's just him getting in the gym, getting shots up. He's our best free throw shooter, and. You, 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 we talked earlier about just making smart plays. He's never going to make a dumb play. No. I mean, he made one bad pass last night when, when Cheatham was – but it was just a bad pass. Right. But he's just – he's always in the right spot, defensively, offensively, and he's not going to make a dumb play. And he hits right. shots. I just think the, th- the thing that Charlie and Thor have going for them is they never get in a spot that they, they know their limitations. Yeah. And – they're, but but it, but also they're not like that's not to say that they're not trying to make plays. Like Charlie will drive in there, yep. Thor will drive in there, but they just they have an understanding of who they are at a really high level and don't ever get into a bad spot. Yeah, and and I think their teammates know what what they do well, and you know Thor, they know what Thor does well. Yeah, and 
when they when when Cam Mack drives or 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 Burke or Cheatham penetrates and doors wide open, they're hitting him right right away. And then Door knows, okay, I'm obviously I'm left handed. He's so good going to his left, right? And he and, and he he drives to make a play for his teammate. But sometimes there's like nobody's guarding me and lays it in. Yeah. So he's just a smart player. Yeah. I I just he's a guy that that has blown me away yeah from what from what i thought he could do to what he's been doing now it's been it's been nuts I mean, to me it we don't win the game last night if he doesn't hit those two threes no i mean it was it was a spot and 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 hoiberg drew up a couple of good plays and and door knocks him down right and he missed his first three it's just so he's got confidence too his teammates right. have confidence in him and you know he's been a, a a huge piece this year and he's been consistent as heck and then the other guy, I mean, I would say Thor and Hanif Cheatham are the two most consistent guys yeah. in terms of what they're bringing. Yep. He, Hanif played, Hanif shot the ball really well in the first half yesterday. Yep. Hanif, whenever I've talked to Hoiberg, he's acted, you know, he, he always brings up Hanif and important to be, hey, we need Hanif to lead. We need him to set the example. Uh, it's of all the, there's been, obviously this has been a frustrating year at times of, of all the guys that like, you don't have any complaints about like Hanif Cheatham is one of those guys. You just don't have any complaints. None. About. No. I mean, he does everything for this team. He can go yeah. at one through four, and he plays hard on defense. He makes yep. smart plays offensively. But when he's aggressive and scoring for us, that's when we win games. Yeah. I mean, look at look at all the wins that we have. He's in double digits. True. And, and and attacking, because when he attacks, too, he's big enough where he can throw over the top and find teammates for open threes, too. He's really fast running the floor. Yeah. Like, he is from, from – I don't know if there's anybody that is – Faster than he is from like free throw line to free throw line in a transition mm -hmm. sprint out. Yeah, and there was times last night where he was going so fast that he had a couple of bad turnovers. But right. For the most part, when he's out running, I mean, he running the left wing, even the right wing, but if he's on the left wing and, I mean, and he's, Cam, yeah, and Cam or Burke has it and finds him, he's getting the rim like, I mean, it, Kent doesn't have time to get done with like, saying what happened on the other <laughs> end. It's like, you know, somebody scores and it's our. I'm it's amazed. Like, boom. He's fast. Yeah. When I didn't think he'd be that fast yeah. running the floor. Yeah, but yeah, I, what has stood out to you with like you get to see Hoiberg behind the scenes? Has there been anything that's been interesting that's jumped out at you with like how he approaches things? No, I think I think he just approaches things. You know, as a as a as a head coach, a true professional, and just has he never gets yeah. way overexcited and he, and. And you know I'm not around him after a, a loss, other than the, the flight home. But he's not like so down. He's just he's just so even keeled, even the sideline. Yeah, where he's not getting you know he's not getting over animated at the refs or anything like that. I mean he obviously shows emotion, but he's so even keeled with these guys. And he and I, when he gets in a huddle, he does such a good job of explaining to the, to the guys what's going on, what they need from each guy. And and I just like I've loved his demeanor and, and you go to shoot around, you go to practice. He runs an awesome practice, and you've right. been and you've obviously mm -hmm. been to a ton of them. I think he does a great job of running practice and getting guys ready for for game shots and what they're going to see on the defensive end as well. Yeah, I think uh, I do think his his even keel approach is really good for yeah. this team because they every once in a while. They've probably needed a kick in the ass, and I'm sure Doc's probably gotten after well, yeah. him or whatever. And you, I'm not, I'm not behind the scenes, yeah, or anything like that. But, but I've just seen what I, what I see, and it's just a, a, a an even keeled guy where right. he is, you know, a stable uh, influence on all those guys. Where hey, bad things are going to happen, good things are going to happen. Right. We have to stay down the path and, and keep rolling. Yeah, he keeps on saying he's a, he goes when things go south, we have a hard time fighting it. Yeah, they do. 
and and you look at you look at like the Purdue game where I think we didn't score for I want to say we didn't have a field goal for like twelve yeah. minutes in the like middle of the first half or whatever yeah. stupid yeah and normally we would yeah. not we wouldn't we wouldn't have fought through that but whatever reason that game we did and even last night there were some there were some times we went on a drought of like three or four minutes and we kept playing hard and we right. and we fought through that and they got up fifty one fifty and we we answered the bell but and it wasn't always the same guy but but Hoyberg's just been a, a constant he's he's not gonna He's not, you know, chewing guys out in the huddle or anything like that. So it's been it's been fun to watch. It's been sure. weird. It's the this this season's been so interesting from the standpoint of like I was so excited, like, okay, what I can't wait to see offensively what things look like. I don't know if Hoiberg's been able to totally showcase all that he can do because it's like the shooters this team hasn't shot the ball well. In order to be a team that plays with pace, you gotta like you gotta be able to rebound and get yep. st- string together stops. I mean, so like I think there's some people like that are like waiting to see this Fred Hoiberg offense that I I just don't know is it, I haven't seen it totally on all cylinders yet. No, I, I but I think some fans were like thinking that we're going to average making like 23s a game. It's yeah, like it's like okay guys, right? We have we have a team <laughs> we have we're a very talented team, right? Yeah, but they're not all they're not they're not the all the pieces that he necessarily wants or needs to run some of the stuff that he yeah. wants to do. I mean, but he's adapted to that yeah. and ran some really good stuff to play to their strengths. But we're we're not going to be we're not going to shoot thirty five threes again because no. we don't. I mean, we have good shooters, but we're not. We don't have a a, a Kerry Cohorn or, or anybody like that. Yeah, that Conklin just, yeah, or Drevo or just, you know like, they're just gonna, they're just that you know yeah. it goes up. It's, it's right, in. right. So he's adapted a little bit, but I think he's still playing with pace, trying to as much as yeah. he can. But if you're not getting defensive rebounds, well, it's kind of hard it's to play. It's hard, but, to, yeah. But it's it's even on makes, so we get it inbound quick. Yeah. There's been some times we got easy layups too. Yes. So it's just he's he's trying to put his system in as best he can with the pieces that we have, and I think it's been I think he's done a great job of doing it so far. Listen, it's so hard. I bet I bet you, when you're out and about, you get people wanting to ask you about, hey, what do you think of the team? What do you yeah. think of the season? What do you think of? Yeah. It's so hard where because like right now, let's say Iowa would have won last night. Maybe the tone of this conversation is different. Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, I don't I, like. To me, this this. The team and the season just kind of is what it is. Obviously, it's been there's been some frustrating moments. There's been some flashes. That's kind of how it's going to be. Like, how do you, how have you, how do you see the rest of the year? I, I think, I think what I like the best is is you watch that UC Riverside game, right? Yeah, and you watch the Southern Utah game, and we've improved dramatically. And we keep we keep improving every game. I, I know we've taken a few steps back here and there, but every team does. Yeah, right. No, no one's so no one's perfect every game. So I, and 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 he said this last night after the game. He goes, "I just want to keep improving every game, every yeah. day." And, and I know that's so cliche, but right. but with this team with eleven new dudes playing, yeah, that's what you have to do. And they're trying to find which rotation works right, and they're right. and they've been toying with it all year long, right? So I think if we can find that that rotation, and you know this. If you get confidence in basketball, you may not be a more talented team or a better shooting team or whatever it is. You can win some games just because of your confidence. Because you go, you know what? We're down ten. Who cares? I'm I'm still going to buckle down, play hard, get a stop here, make a basket, another stop, and just keep building. Yeah. So I mean, I'm always glass half full guy. Yeah. But last yeah. night proved again that we can we can play with anybody if we're playing hard. I know they missed some shots, but we challenged them. We played hard, and we and we made shots. I think Thor. I read a quote after the game. I thought Thor summed it up perfect. <laughs> you know, he's like, he goes, "We've proven that when we play well, we can play with anybody. 
And when we play poorly, we can lose to anybody. Yeah. And that's the thing about this team that like, one of the things that became pretty clear as you watch them, it's like some teams are equipped to win even when they don't play well. Yep. This team right now is not equipped to no. win if things don't go well for them. No, and 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 I, and I think the coaching staff knows that, and even the players do. That's why they have to be so good fundamentally. Yeah, and we, you go back to the defensive end. You can't give up dribble penetration. You ha- you can't game. I mean, you can't Everyone, gamble yeah. all the time. I mean, right. you can pick your spots, but you have to play fundamental. Right, and in all and and everything, you can't turn the ball over because if you're we're not good enough to overcome it. No, so it's like you just have to play really, really fundamental, but still be aggressive. So it's because a really fine. Line. It's a fine. Line. I mean, there's just there's so many things that like their margin for error is so small. Yep. They're they're undersized. They don't rebound well. They're not a great three point shooting team. They're one of the five worst free throw shooting teams in the country. So like when you add all those things together, you better be really locked in on taking care of the ball and defensively how you're handling things yeah. just to even give yourself a chance to win. Yeah. And the the games where they've done that, they've kind of been right there and won a lot of the games. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's how it's going to continue this year. That's where I think a lot of – I think you're going to see – like I, I think their last two games could be kind of emblematic of what the rest of the season is going to be like. Could be. When things – when when they're not locked in and and that, that margin for error gets – get shown they could get rocked yeah like they did against Rutgers but when but when they are locked in they could beat anybody yeah it, it's it, it 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 and and you just go look at our big 10 games right and you have the one blunder with Rutgers other than that we played really good in the big that's 10. the thing it's so hard to like and you and you and you look at you know at Indiana tough place to play and we had chances to win the oh, game yeah. you make a couple layups here and there and had some chances to win right so I mean if 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 this if this group can come together even more and believe like what you just said, go, hey, we take care of the things we can control and be locked in on the game plan. And so our coaches are gonna give us great game plans. We know that. We've yes. seen that. Right. So we go out and execute, we play as a team, and if we make some shots, well we'll be in we'll we'll win by twenty. If we if we shoot at average, we will be in the game. If we shoot it poorly, well, we may not win. Right. But Control the things you can control and 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 go have some fun. I have been nervous. There's been a couple of times where I'm like, you know, you you get nervous about confidence and whether yep. or not those guys are going to quit. You know, what I mean, like, I mean, think to have your college career start and you lose to UC Riverside and Southern Southern Southern, yeah, and then you go to OT with with Southern Utah. Southern Utah was a second loss, or right? Southern Utah yeah. and then yeah. Southern, yeah, and then you lose to North Dakota, like. There have been a, you get blown out by Rutgers, you get blown out by Creighton. Like you do gotta, yeah. It's not good that you're getting you lose those teams and getting beat. But like you do gotta, you gotta admire that they they've kind of picked themselves up off the canvas and like continued to fight. Yeah, and that's I think that's what Coach has has alluded to and, and talked about. Where you know, let's just use the Creighton game as an example. That was just such a blunder from the start. Where all the guys came to the practice the next day, locked in, watched the film, learned from it. And go, yeah, I. Yeah, I messed. I, I messed yeah. up. I'm right. sorry. You know, yeah. I'll get and they all go. Hey, we're gonna get better. And I think, you know, as this season goes on, as they keep getting better, I think they're holding each other accountable more too. Yeah. Where, Nick, what, what are you doing? You, right. Come on. Right. And you're doing the same thing to me. So that that'll help get better and better too. So I just think they're. I think they're. They're all so inexperienced that 
we may see some bigger steps forward as well, just because they're learning so much. And yeah. but they're but they're it, trying, and that's right. that's the thing is like they're not they're not going okay. Well, we're just not good enough. We're not big enough. They're just so, they're like well, no no. We're gonna find a way to win, and we're trying to win, find a way to win now. Well, think about the importance of confidence and believing. You saw Butler at the end of the year last year in the NIT. Yeah. Pretty much that exact same team is what are they, fifteen and one or fourteen? They're only losses by one point at Baylor. You know they're could have won that game. Could have won that game. Yep. They're in the top ten. They're not that talented. No, I mean they're not. You know Johnny Trueblood and the boys beat the sh- beat them to them. Beat them up. Beat them up. Yep. So, but but what what Butler's had is like they've had some things go well. They play hard. They defend and they start believing. I think there's like there there are certain things you we could even draw parallels with Nebraska football. It's like you the only way to win is to win. Win. You know, and like you just got to get to where you're believing and. You know, maybe the guys can string together some 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 wins here and and get that confidence going even more. I think they can. I mean, and you have you have an opportunity coming up on Saturday at Northwestern. And yeah. Northwestern, you know, they haven't been good this year. We all know that. Yeah. And they're playing, I think they only have seven scholarship players available. Yeah. So but we can't go in there thinking, oh, they, you know, they haven't won. we have to go in there with that same mentality that we did last night against Purdue, Indiana, and go, right. we're gonna play hard. We're gonna we're gonna be the physical team and and hopefully get some confidence going. But they got to keep taking good shots and just keep, and hopefully keep making them. But if confidence grows, especially on the defensive end, that just carries over to the offensive end. Totally, as well. totally. Do you think? By the way, you you know you hear all these different things about all the guys that are sitting out: Banton, yep. Stevenson, Walker. What are, what? Have you gotten to see those guys a little bit? Yeah, and and, and you know, Banton's a stud. I like him, and, and I, I I compare him uh, to a poor man's Kevin Durant. I mean, yeah. he's six eight, long, can basically guard one through five. If he wants to, can shoot it, can handle it. I mean, I'm not saying he's Kevin Durant, no. but, but but just that he he has that type of game. He can hit like could yeah. he enter offense? Oh and yeah, all that? yeah, hundred percent. Like, he could play point guard if you want him to. Yeah, it's and so he's gonna he's gonna be a huge impact guy. And what I like about him and then Derek Walker too right now. They're both extremely vocal in practice, right? And then, you know, I, I I didn't know what to expect when I went to went to a practice, but they're both talking and getting on guys, and you know, they're talking trash when when they're they're on scout team obviously right now, right? But they're also encouraging their 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 guys that are going to be playing in games too, which you got to right. love, yes. And so Derek Walker and he's in, you know, Derek Walker coming from Tennessee, he's been to the tournament, yes. He's been he knows what it. winning looks like, yeah. He's been part of a huge team, right? And and Shamil. Um, he's a big body dude. I mean, he can, he can shoot it. Um, he's he's a he's if you remember back in my playing days, Corey Sims. Yeah, he's a Corey Sims that's a better ball handler and a better shooter. Right, but good defender, a big body guy. You know, six five, six six, two thirty. So he's going to be a big huge. piece too. Yes, and you. I mean, you just think if you have those three guys right now, you have you have six eight, six eight, and six six. That's that can rebound right. And defend. Yeah, and have some phys- Walker, yeah. Walker and Stevenson have yeah. physicality. Yeah. Uh, Banton would, would alleviate some playmaking responsibilities off of Cam Mack. Yeah. Uh, the one thing they still need is to find, and maybe this is going to be Teddy Allen, they still need guys that can just make shots. Yeah. Like, I don't know how good of a shooter Banton or Stevenson really are, but they're, like they're both good shooters. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what their percentages were at Western Kentucky and and uh, and, Pitt, Pitts, and yeah. Pitt respectively, but. Did you average eight a game as a freshman yeah. in the ACC? You're doing something. You're, right. you're not bad. Yeah, and and Teddy Allen. I mean, those. You look at that. Just look at those four guys. Yeah, Derek Walker, who's six nine, two fifty. 
you know, Banton six eight, you know, two ten. He's a little thin, but and then you got Shamil six six two twenty and Teddy six six two twenty. Right, you're, you're gonna be a big. All, go, all of a sudden, you went from being like a tiny undersized team, yeah, to you're a big physical yeah. team. And you had the and then you had the kid coming from uh, uh, that was at TCU. The coming, TCU kid, that kid's six, six he's, nine. Yeah, he's six nine two twenty. So all of a sudden, you go right. And that's why I had to say, you know, and and it's some people have I've always thought people have a hard time transitioning out of football. Like the football mindset is like you lose one game, it's like fucking burn it oh. down. Everyone lose their mind. Like there there have been times this year where people are are starting to lose their mind, and I'm like, guys, just relax. Yeah, and, and it, so I sh- I show up for work after the Purdue game, right? And they're like, I, I was Indiana Purdue back to back, and then I show up to work that that following day, and they go, man, we're gonna. We're, <laughs> We, we might we might make the tournament this year. I'm like, well, we'll pump the brakes. I mean, we I mean, guys, we're gonna we can win some games for sure. Right. And then we lose. And then we follow North Dakota. Like, uh, we're not gonna win another game. I go, well, which told, is it? You just told me yesterday that that we're not gonna that we're gonna right. win the Big Ten. Right. And I, I go, we're gonna keep getting better, and that's what we want. Right. That's all. It, and it sounds stupid, but you just you, you want to yeah. see a team improve. And I, I just just wait, everybody. Just like. Honestly, like in some way, the starting five next year could be Cam Mack, Teddy Allen, Delano Banton, Shamil Stevenson, and Derek Walker. Yeah. So four of the dudes that could be starting next year aren't even on eligible no, right now. No, and they're and they're just coming and they're coming in off the bench and providing sparks. You know, right. Deshaun and then Deshaun the and, and yeah. yeah, like all of a sudden now you're like, you know, and Ivan and Kevin and then get another year into their belt. It's just a. And and what I think that's going to uh, people are going to see, and I'm gonna I'm gonna compare this to what Scott Frost is trying to do in developing you know guys coming up, right? Where I think I think Coach Hoiberg and Doc and Matt Abdomassi and all those guys are going to develop these dudes, and, and you know, Sco Kevin Cross, you know Ivan freshman, you're going to see you're gonna that see jump. a big jump from freshman right. to sophomore, right? And and even Deshaun Burke, who's a veteran, you're going to see a better jump from him from junior to senior. Right, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to that too, but it's it's it'll be a a completely different team because you I don't know how it was for you because you you had success right away, but you were because you were off to a really good start your sophomore year yep. before you got hurt. Yep. But like I don't think it is night and like the second year you're playing, you are so much you're so much better, oh, so much more comfortable. So like all those guys cross Big Ivan. Uh, even even a guy like Burke is going to be more comfortable next year. Yeah, like it just there, there's you take a huge jump. Yeah, I mean le- legit as a freshman, you know, I mean, and I started every game, but I was like legit. I was like, just don't screw up. Right. I mean, that was like I'm, I, I want to play hard. Don't screw up. <laughs> right. I mean, that was yeah. like legit my thought process. Yeah. And then as a sophomore, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to. I'm going to start killing. I'm going to start killing. Yeah. And. Um, but it's a completely different mindset as a totally. freshman. I mean, I mean, there's some dudes, I mean, like Zion, they're coming in and killing, but right. You know, I'm coming in there like, God dang, I'm going against Kirk Heinrich. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, rush yeah, don't do yeah. anything stupid. Right. That's pretty much my thought and play hard. That was yeah. my thought process. Right. It is just, so it's, I just think people need to embrace this, like this journey. The yeah. reality is too, and this is no shot at, miles at all but like even if miles would have say miles would have stayed this year was going to be a little bit of like a transitional year i don't know what happens with roby if miles stays yeah but like i guess what i'm saying is like even now it was a total roster flip but i still think there was a chance this year was going to be there was going to be a step back yeah a little bit yeah i can't even remember like some of the guys that were on the roster i mean just it was such an overhaul it's like 
You try to think back. You'd have had Amir Harris, Brady Hyman. Yeah. You'd have had Thor. Roby. Uh, Roby, potentially. Uh, just, I still think Roby was probably yeah, gone. I mean, he was probably gone, too. But um, but I don't even remember who all, the, who all they had coming in I don't, as freshmen. Yeah. I think they had Gervais. Um, they had Berg there was one, sitting there was, out. So it's just like, you just don't know how that would have played out. Right. But... But the one thing that Miles Crew would have had would have they would have had you're an established program. Yes. You you know like you you have your way of doing things that yep. maybe maybe you wouldn't have beaten you wouldn't have lost to UC Riverside in those in those types of games. Right. But nevertheless, like I, I just think this year was going to be a transitional year, and then when you add in a brand new staff, a brand new team, like I'm not like in some ways it's always easier to to see things after the fact, like. This, if you really say it all out loud, there's there are elements about this year that aren't that surprising. No, I mean, and 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 what I, it's, it's just not surprising. But at, at the same time, you know, we're calling it a transitional year, and, and and but I don't think the coaches and the and the players think that. No, which I love. Yeah, you and can't. they shouldn't. No, but it's just you look at it. I mean, it's a, I've never seen a roster overhaul like that. No, ever. No, and and and, and they and they put a, a, a good roster together. They got. I mean, I think. I think the recruiting class they had was ranked like 40th nationally, which was probably the best. I think right. it was the, the second or, or or maybe the best that we've had since joining the Big Ten. Right. And they did it in what? Three months? Right. So it, it's just, it's not surprising how we've had some inconsistent play. Well, here's the thing. Way. It's like, it's, there, you can have big roster turnover and survive when you bring in like, the teams that can do that are teams like Duke and Kentucky and those guys where they're bringing in like lottery picks. Well, yeah, that's, you know, like it's not fair. So, so that's, so that's where it's just different. Like that's, and this goes for even a cross college, but I think one of the reasons you've seen a lot of upsets, there's just like it, continuity is hard to find now yep. with one and done's guys leaving early guys transferring. It's tough to, it's, it's tough to establish that stuff. And so, and I think you're seeing that firsthand this year. Oh yeah, for sure. I think there's been what, Six number one teams, five, five, ish. F- f- yeah. I mean, it's nuts, and 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 I think you're going to see more and and more more of that. Where I mean, you're seeing teams that are winning on the road. I mean, look at uh, Stephen F. Austin winning at Duke, right? And Evansville winning at Kentucky. Yeah, that doesn't happen. No, and, and you're seeing that all over the and you're seeing that all over the place. I mean, you, and you can use us as an example where you know you see Riverside and Southern Utah beating us, right? But the, but there's with with the transfers, you know, they're going to some of those those mid major schools, yeah. and then they're coming back. To the to the power five going, you know, I was already at a power five, right. but I still want to prove myself. And they're and they're and they're, they're doing hooping, that. yeah, they're hooping. It's going to uh, be a crazy year though when it comes to the tournament time. It's just like you could have an eight or nine seed win the whole dang thing. Uh, it, seriously, like I know that le- sounds le- crazy. Legit. You legitimately yep. an eight or a nine, like you could have one of those teams win the whole yeah, thing, and you're sure. going to have, I've like. And maybe, maybe some teams will start to separate themselves. Like you watch Michigan State give it to Michigan the other day, and you go, "Whoa!" They're going to keep getting better. I mean, is, is a, you know, the Izzo team is always they, for whatever reason they they're, they they're a slow starting team, and then they and peak, then, and they and Cassius is a baller. Yeah. And but I, I think this year might be a year where like one seeds have like the worst resumes you've ever seen for one seeds. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at and I'm going to use Butler again, just so we talked about him. They could be a one seed. And Jake, and they're they're not I mean, that good. No, but they could be. Yeah, if they just keep taking care of and, and playing their kind of grind out basketball and winning ugly games. Yeah, and they're you know twenty five and three. Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, you could have to. You'd have to reward like because I mean you get what you earn to a certain extent, and that you've earned. Like at this point, to me, if this if the tournament started today, they could be a one. They'd probably yeah. be a one seed. Yeah, I asked I asked this question to a coworker this morning. I said, hey, so 
let's say Nebraska keeps playing really good, right? And let's say we get sixth in the Big Ten. Do we go to the tournament? <laughs> and I and I and I, I kind of ask that kind of like right, but half tongue in cheek, but, 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 like, but legit though, you get sixth in the Big Ten, and that's I'm on a record would probably be what seventeen and fifteen, right? Do you get in? I mean, and I'm like I'm happy. The like, Big Ten is so deep and good right now that I want to say there was in one of the in the Fox latest bracketology they had. 10 teams yeah. in the tournament from the Big Ten? So that's that's my question. I'm just saying, let's say we go on a run. Right. You know, and, and it could happen. And, and let's just assume that we do. And we're 17 and 15. With losses to North Dakota, UC Riverside, yeah. Southern... Like, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're yeah, if you're knocking off Michigan State and Maryland and Michigan and, and Ohio yeah. State, like, I don't know. I'm just... I'm that's not, where I'm like, I think like everyone needs to readjust how they're evaluating what a bubble team looks like it's and crazy. what what a good top 25 yeah. team looks like this year because it's just a weird year. I mean, and I think in the Big Ten, I think I think there's 11 teams in the Big Ten that are that are tournament teams. Mm-hmm. You can't take all 11. No. So I think if you it's just it's just going to be a, it's going to be a it's going to be nuts. It's going to be an awesome year. It's I mean, going to be nuts. Then when March comes around, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Yeah, there's no, but you're right. There could be like a nine seed yeah. mess around and win yeah. the whole thing. Uh, well, do, so you got to go to like to a meeting now, or like yeah, what do you have to do with your life? Real, here? real work stuff. Uh, look at me. I'm in my sweats. <laughs> I got to go pick up my daughter from preschool here. That's I hey, mean, that's real work stuff too. Oh man, you saw our playroom. Oh, I love it. Oh man, well, yeah. In, at, at home, you try to pick it up, right? My, I mean, our kids' playroom is—I mean, you can't even walk in it. And and you pick like what I don't understand is apparently like playing with something is like du- dumping. So like, there's like we have a little bot like oh, yeah. just gonna dump everything out. Yeah, but what happened to you know where when we were growing up, our dads were like, hey, you get something out, you put it back where you found it. <laughs> and and I say that to them, and they're like. Look at me like, what? I know. I wonder what that is. Like, clean up. You know what's crazy, though? At preschool, like, I think they have to clean up after. Yeah. Like, I think she, I think Mava cleans up after herself at preschool, but Agreed. not here. And at school, they do everything. But at home, it's like, I'm going to get every single toy out of my room, and I'm going to leave it everywhere I want do to. Do you, you told me when we played golf a couple months ago that you, you were throwing the threat out there, like, if it's on the floor, oh, yeah. throwing it away? Oh, yeah. How's that going for you? Not very good. I'm such a... <laughs> I mean, dude, you know this. Having having two daughters, oh, you're and I'm screwed. like, all right, I'm gonna throw your doll away. It's on the floor, and they start crying. You're like, oh, oh, I'm like, God oh. dang it, okay, I can't do it. Oh, dude, are oh. your are you, so are your daughters as Mava has a thousand dresses, and she oh, just yeah. wants to put on. Yep. Like there's days where she, you know, she has a bunch of Disney dresses, and she puts on dresses all day. Oh yeah, like legit. So my <laughs> oldest daughter Reese, she's nine. She will not go to school without a dress on. Oh, she's dressed every day. Oh, yeah. But it's a dress and then like a hooded sweatshirt over the top of it. It's like, let's think about this here, Reese. And I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. Uh, I mean, do you dress yourself? I don't really care. But right. And then, they, and then, and then they fall in love with like an outfit, like, like one outfit. <laughs> and I go, you can't wear that damn thing every single day. And I'm not doing your laundry every single night. No. Oh, it's just. How is yours? Like, can you put. Sloan and Reese's hair in a ponytail. Like I, you, I can do a pony, but they're old enough; they can do it themselves. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm like, strong. Like you know what I do every time? You know the clips. Oh yeah. I just am team. Oh, yeah. Like there are times I, I don't think about this, but like 
it all of a sudden hit me when I'm walking Maeve into preschool that she looks like her hair is just looks like trash. Well, they all know that you that 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 Kim was at work and it was Dad's day to do it, and and it doesn't matter. They all know it. You like all you'd have to do is look at their outfit and their yep. hair, and you'll know. Did Kim bring Maven to work today, or did Nick bring yeah, Maven like, to school today? Yeah, like everybody knows. I mean, but now, I mean, they, they, my kids will go to the bathroom and they'll do their own hair. Oh, that's and like Sloan came down, she's six, and she had two braids in. I'm like, what? I go, how'd you do that? She goes, I did it. And I'm like, oh, oh all right. I'm like, throw it down. I might have to send Maven to your house and just oh, hang God. out with them and teach they them would, how to. They would love it. Oh God. But if they're down to sing Frozen 2 songs and uh, put on dresses. It's Princessville every day. And you you I, did and, Disney, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, I love Disney. Was it good? It's awesome. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, so when Nebraska played at Anaheim two, year, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Okay. You, you oh, and, three, no, it had been three years ago. Britt and I just went. So girls didn't come. Nice. And we actually went to Disney. Was that Disneyland there? Disney World. Disneyland. The way I think of it, Disney World is in Florida okay. because the World O R oh, Orlando. Like it. Land. Like it. La. Okay. L, that's so how I think. We went. We went there by ourselves. First time ever. Yeah. And it was great. We had a blast. And then we played in Orlando, and the girls came with us. And went to Disney. There was fantastic. You said it was the most tired you've ever seen two oh, human beings because we showed up whatever the time the park opens. I can't remember like eight a.m. Right. <laughs> And we only had one full day where we could do it. And you'd say, pack it in. We went from 8 a.m. to midnight. And we, I mean, and we walked everywhere. And then, dad of the year, we went on the teacup ride. (laughs) (laughs) And and Sloan would have been, that would have been, uh, she'd have been four. And she's like, I'm going on this. Reese didn't want to go on it. She's like, okay, spin faster. And you know, it's the deal with the wheel in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. So I spin fast. And did you spew? She, no, she, so we get off and she throws up. So I had to carry her for like an hour and a half. Ah, and I'm just like, oh, man. and Britta, Britta's like, you dummy. And I go, I know. I'm, What's yeah. the age? Okay, so because Mava turns four in a couple of weeks. Yeah, be perfect. Is that because I'm. I mean, you can maybe wait another year, but I mean, they, it, it's awesome. Okay. It, I mean. Because she is at the point now. My old thought was like, oh, we need to wait. We need to wait. But she's starting to understand. She she would be excited about seeing various princesses and like yeah. she would she gets the movies and all that. I think I think the big thing is is you want her to be able to walk everywhere. Okay, just because you don't want to be I mean carrying selfishly, them I don't want to take a stroller in there. Okay, see this want, is good. Yeah, I want to be able to walk. Now, is there something you can get like that's like a pass that you like cut lines? Yeah, and Britta did all that, so I don't. know. But did you have that? Yes. Would that but be? I think there's is only that like, like getting TSA pre-checked I don't for know. Disneyland? That's a question for Britta because okay, she did everything. She made reservations for everything. We did like princess breakfast in the castle. Oh. And it, I mean, but you know, I, I go there and the bill was not cheap, and I'm like, what's <laughs> like we're gonna spend we're gonna spend a couple hundred bucks on breakfast, but the food was awesome. Okay, so I go okay. I can get my mind wrapped around that. The, the food is actually legit, but I thought it was going to be like Golden Corral. Yeah, and all just the style. Like, come on. See, okay, so this is good. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've been kind of like dreading like whenever we do this no, Disney dude, trip. It's, it's, it's le- good. It's legit. You'll have a blast. I mean, you, and you may have more fun than she does. Really, it's fun. Do you need to? Is it one of those things? You know, sometimes there's that element of like strength in numbers, where it's like, is it better to have like a group? That's or a, is it okay to... I like having just us four because then you can... You know, when you're with a group and you have you have 
you know, two sets of families or three families. Yeah, you, you get know, a little. You're going to want to go somewhere. Yeah. They're going to want to go somewhere. And it's like, well, we came here together, but everybody's going their separate ways anyway. That's true. I'd want to go about just just my four. Okay. So Keep look at simple. you have got. I don't know if you have me more excited for the future of Nebraska basketball or going to Disney World. C, all of the above. <laughs> Well, let's get you on your way, and you can go. Uh, you can go to your little you, meeting, you and have, I will go do you my. You have daddy daycare then. I'll go try it. Should I clean? I mean, is it stupid to even clean the playroom? No, why would you? It's gonna. I mean, legit. If you she's gonna it, come over from yeah, school done. and dismantle that room. Yeah. It's not. Like it's and it's, with it being, it's cold outside. Today. It's windy. Yeah, you're not gonna, it's you're, an indoor day. You're, you're not gonna go outside. So leave <sighs> it. Hey, one more question. I mean, how much do you take the kids to like Runza play place or Chick fil A play place? Never, Never do it. Never. I never, I never have. I know, I, I know Britta has. Okay, because I get nervous about like never have. I mean, you just feel like you might as well just be inviting everyone to get sick. Yes. Okay. I, I never have. It's so tempting though. You know what I've done a couple times is I take, I'll take maybe to Chick Fil A, and I bring my computer and I'm watching a watch film. So we'll eat. She'll run in there and play, yeah. and I'm pulling up Why not? like Michigan State film. Why not? They gonna hurt. Okay. I mean, okay. You can live kids, your life being like kids. Kids that go to daycare, it's a it's a freaking it's uh, a it's a petri dish yes. of of bacteria. Yes, you know. So they've got they've seen it all already. Okay, so those same kids are going to Chick Fil A. I mean, and you can't like, live your life being no. like. I mean, I just have never done it just because I've. I mean, I just have never. Yeah. Ha- I okay. Mean, you know, Britta's at home with the kids more than I am, so she's probably done it. And okay. Nope. You might be my ultimate parent resource from here because you have because you're so nine and and how old is Sloan? Six. Yeah. So you're like yeah. I mean, I need to. You you know certain checkpoints of things. Oh here. gosh, it's <sighs> in in five or six years, I am gonna have the grayest hair. I'm just like and Sloan, Reese will will obey everything. But Sloan's different, and she she is now, but she's like, I'm afraid she's gonna like. Oh, she's gonna, gonna be a little. She's oh, gonna be a troublemaker. Yeah. yeah. Just how we were. I mean, nothing like crazy, but just like right. I know how that goes. Okay. Well, I am going to. Uh, I'm going to go make my reservations for <laughs> Disney World, <laughs> and I will be calling your wife Love to it. make sure I get all yes. the recommendations yes. for what needs to happen here because we're gonna. We need to do this trip. Like, are you going to do it again? We will at some point. Okay. Okay. Well, Jake Mealizing, this was good. It was awesome. This was great. We'll have to do this again. Hopefully, Nebraska keeps this thing going. I agree, man. man. I, th- I think it'd be awesome. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. And then in the we'll, we'll have to meet you, Hoiberg, Doc, get out there and play some golf. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. All right? It'd be awesome. Jake Mealizing, thanks, it, brother. Yeah, thank you.